The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. Oh yeah, dude. That, uh, that Renai. <laughs> um, I don't know how many hours. Probably a million. We can get added <laughs> up in our metrics. That'd be multi cool. Multi-roasters, multi-roasters. Well, I guess we just get it going. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Chris Baca here. Jared, sadly not with us, but I have another human being with me. I have Alex Mars. What's uh, up, Alex? Hey. hey, that's me. My name's Alex Mars. Alex? How's it going, podcast world? Alex works for us. This is his inaugural appearance on the podcast. Yes. And if you were at... The Global SCA Expo this last couple months. What was it? A couple months ago? Yeah, a couple months. Maybe you saw Two Alex. Months. He was running around with the crew and Grace and everybody. I don't know what Alex does because um, he does like 15 different things, <laughs> as anybody who has a small company can like relate to. But you are in charge of our wholesale program. Yes. So you head the charge of business development. You sure. also deal with a lot of technology. Um, what is that thing you're always in? Py yeah, Python? oh Python. Yeah, I love I love Python for all you coders out there. Tabs, not spaces. Don't uh, forget. Are you a tabs guy? I'm a tabs guy. Just yeah, it's just the way. I don't want to press space four times. You know, I mean that's that's insane. Um, oh, is that actually how it works? <laughs> that's super weird. Oh uh, yeah, it's like a different way to do it. But anyway, this is getting a little techy. But uh, hey, just so remember tabs tech stuff and then you're heading up like the, the customer service on the web sales side of things so anything yes. that touches like our digital slash online marketplace any orders that come in i'll get an email and i'll be like cool hey there's a new order and uh i also handle all of the customer service issues or um anything that goes wrong with orders and not that i mean we never make mistakes never so never happened we're pretty on point no precedent set but. for that at all <laughs> But yeah, it's been cool just to give everyone a little bit of an overview. You were part of the first hiring crew. Yeah, part of the original 10? Right? Yeah, it was 10 or 11. Was, yeah, I think. 10 of us. I have that picture somewhere I could count it up. Yeah. Um, it's been great to have someone like you because I don't know techie stuff, so you're able to put a lot of ideas into motion. So just moving like really simple things that I think improve the customer experience a lot, moving away from like entering in wholesale orders manually that come in in an email and now we have a nice little online order form that ties into our ship station and then you set up ship stations so that it merges like the wholesale and like the web and retail orders they all go through yeah. one place yeah something i'm passionate about is just automating things that are boring and things that will take you more time every week every day to do 
that you could just automate away if you have the know-how to be able to do it. And that's just something that I'm like really into. And it's kind of my background is like software development, but for various reasons, I wanted to get out of that world and into a different space where I was interacting with real people on a daily basis and doing more customer service work. And that's kind of how I ended up here and where I am. And, but I like to use those skills and do what I can. So this is the first time you've worked in coffee. First time coffee. Yep. And you have like a passion for food and things that are delicious. I do love food. I love making food and I love going out to new restaurants and seeing new places and, um, and really just experiencing like different cultures, foods, Morocco. That was the best. Morocco food has been great. Never tried. Never tried it. Oh, Not experienced. Get yourself a tagine and uh, some couscous with r- delicious things, and okay. Great. I know couscous. Hey, yeah, couscous. I don't know what you mix it with to make it. Oh, cool you can mix Moroccan. it with with vegetables or chicken, and usually there's like a sweet component. So you'll put like like raisins or some kind of dried fruit in there, and it's it's really it's quite good. Okay. But, cool. Yeah. Well, the reason that you are here, and the reason. Everybody out there listening, you're going to be hearing more from people who work with us is send out a little blast to our first wave of hires and I'm going to ultimately move through the whole staff. But I asked everybody to kind of stew a little bit and think about a topic that is really kind of near and dear to their heart that relates to the business and the company that we run. So I've been hearing back from our employees. I think it'll be cool, and it'll be a bunch of different episodes. Some will be shorter than others. This one may be a longer one. I don't know. Alex is like, hey, I want to talk about the ideas of the multi-roaster versus like the exclusive wholesale account. And it's something that you deal with a lot because you work in wholesale. And did you know that this was a thing like before you worked in coffee? Um, no, not really. I mean, I had maybe been to a multi-roaster cafe before, but just not really like grasped the like what that means exactly and just been like, oh, okay, so they have a few different coffees. But I definitely didn't know that it was like, well, that's a skateboard. Man down, skateboard. Oh, okay. We're safe. It's down. It's okay. <laughs> We're all safe. Um, but yeah, just kind of... I've definitely been enlightened to it now. Yeah. And did you think like when you were a customer, did what, what did you think of when you thought there was different coffees? Like, Oh, there's different coffees. Like that's it. There's different coffees. Yeah. Being someone who's like curious about new, trying new things and, uh, just always, I mean, it comes from my like passion for food, but it, it also definitely relates to coffees. Um, from that perspective, I've been like intrigued by the multi-roaster concept and been curious just from like a personal perspective. Um, so yeah. So most people probably know what we're talking about, but if you're in, you know, the little small minority that doesn't multi-roaster would be a coffee shop or a cafe that serves coffee for multiple different coffee roasters in contrast to an exclusive account. Let's say exclusive account to let's say you only use cat and cloud or you only use Stumptown or whatever. And to my knowledge, I think the first, well, the first multi-roaster that I was really made aware of that was doing quality was this place called Cafe Organica. This was in San Francisco, and I visited around 2005, and I was kind of new to the high-end, high-end specialty at the time, but I didn't, I don't know anybody else who was doing this. So 
Eaton Suno, who now works at Temple hmm. in Sacramento, really talented guy. Organica was his place, and I remember going in, and he had at least three different roasters represented. So he had Zoka, he had Barefoot, he had TaylorMade, and something else at the time, and I just can't remember. But I remember going into his shop and seeing he had an espresso machine, and he had like four different grinders. And I was like, what the fuck? Because that just <laughs> wasn't something that you'd seen. The kind of standard business model was exclusive accounts. and Partner up. I didn't even think about it in terms of wholesale. As a coffee guy, I thought it was really cool. I was like, dude, let me try it all. Let's go. Like, Let's get real. Right. So I had a bunch of different espressos got super jacked up. And it was weird because <laughs> after that happened, I feel like I didn't see a lot of that until many, many years later when hmm. these little multi-roaster shops started to emerge and no one really knew what to do with them. And it was kind of this unique like market differentiating thing but now i mean i think it's the norm yeah it's it's actually it's very very common like i would say man definitely a majority of the wholesale inquiries that we get through our website are from multi-roaster cafes who are looking to add us either as a featured roaster for like a month or sometimes as like a longer term uh roaster alongside others so we're going to kind of rifle through and talk about some pros, some cons of each end of the spectrum. And, you know, we might go hard a little bit, but I don't know. We're going to set the stage <laughs> for what we think. And then, you know, you can, you can decide what you, what you love. So, I mean, how do people benefit from having multiple different roasters on their menu. You have a cool little list of things. Oh, um, yeah. The first thing you have is attracting customers who are very in to specialty coffee. Right. So, so that'd be like me and you. We go to a place and we're like, oh, cool. Let's go to Cafe X who has five different roasters. Oh, a couple of them we haven't tried before. Awesome. Let's like have that experience and try five espressos and like go super hard. Um, and we'll, we'll get to try more than we normally would if we went to a cafe and, um, it can be kind of like a cool experience from that perspective. Um, yeah, you can kind of taste the rainbow, taste the rainbow. Um, but you have in your notes here that this is maybe a super small portion of the market. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, it, I guess it just depends on who you're targeting as a, as a cafe and like who your, who your core customer base is are they people who are for example are you in a big city um and are you targeting people who are very into coffee um even so it's still going to be a small portion of your customer base i would assume right and then potentially the people who would want to do the things that they would do on a coffee tour i.e have six different shots of espresso in one sitting yeah it's not like really a daily occurrence totally it's like let's go on a coffee crawl and I think weekend. the biggest positive in my on my list for multi roasting is you got a huge menu range. You've got so much diversity in what you can offer. You know, you can mm. explore a bunch of different roasting styles if you want to. Even though every roaster will have some sort of range of menu, people right. are definitely known for having certain styles. And if you're a multi roaster cafe, you're not chained to any of those styles. You're basically free to do whatever you want, go wherever you want, and you can have just, I don't know, ridiculous amounts of different coffees. It's true. If that's 
your bag. Um, you're not tied to one company's buying practices. Mm. So let's say, I don't know. We would like to think that everybody that we work with is buying like quality green coffee. But if for some reason someone's buying goes too far out of season or they're just not buying coffees that line up with what you like, you can just be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to get coffees from over here. Right. I'm just going to get coffees from over there. Um, which, I mean, those are all well and good. Someone wrote, Jason Dominey actually, in an old writing that he had, a benefit that I hadn't really thought about before, which was introducing customers to newer roasters that they wouldn't have otherwise heard about. Yeah. So let's say we could be a good example if we get a portion of a multi-roaster account in, I don't know, Florida or sure. something. And then someone walks into this shop in Florida and they pick up a bag and they're like, oh, Cat and Cloud, that's interesting. What is this? Right. I don't know what this is. Look at it. Totally. Check it out. Um, so those those are some definite benefits and you just jump in whenever whenever you want to rip um yeah for sure and um yeah i think i think one question to ask there is or really one like thing to think about if you're starting a multi-roaster shop is just knowing who your customers are and who you want to like cater to and then just deciding whether or not it makes sense based on you know like will they even care but yeah will they even care exactly just to be like blunt about it uh yeah will will the person who comes in at 6 30 in the morning on their morning commute care that you have a new roaster and if they get a cup of coffee from that new roaster will they be pleasantly surprised or will they just be like what is this this is completely different than what i had last week or yeah yeah the podcast directly before this we talk at length about the idea of consistency and having a safe place which is something that we believe in so we have the same brewed coffee on tap all the time so that if right. you come in and want coffee, you get the exact same coffee. Some people do like the adventure, but more often than not, my experience in retail has been that the bulk of your customers expect some sort of consistency. Right. And if they do get something different, even if it's intentional, they kind of think that or have the mindset like something went wrong. Like the coffee's totally. not how it was. Like what went wrong? Right. So... There is a different level of like maybe education or interaction that comes with potentially having a multi-roaster cafe and mm. switching your coffee up all the time. Totally. It doesn't necessarily add to ease of use for the retailer. Yeah. I think. It's also like a in a in a way it can be an information overload kind of scenario where you have so many choices and you're just like looking around at the menu and just being like uh, yeah, I don't even know what to pick right now. There's like three new coffees. I have no idea what they mean, what they are. What do I do? What do I do? What are some <laughs> implications for the the cafe owner on the practical side of things? So in my mind, I the first thing I think about is ordering coffee from like six different vendors. Totally. Yeah, there's ordering coffee from six different vendors, like you say. Um, so that is very complicated in itself. I mean, everybody has different, um, ordering guidelines, different ways that you place the orders, um, different like minimum order amounts or, um, yeah. So that, that can be a thing in itself to manage for sure. And then also just from the um, perspective of the people who work in your cafe, uh, there's most likely 
going to be a tremendous amount of education involved in um, getting the baristas on the same page in terms of, well, for one, how to pull this coffee and two, how to talk about it, you know, basically how to, um, how to communicate what's special about that coffee to the customer in a way that is effective. Um, and yeah, I'd, just thinking about that, I would just turn me away so fast yeah. from becoming a multi-roaster cafe. It's a scary kind of place. And don't get me wrong. There are people who do this and people who do this well. Yeah. These are our thoughts about this, but I would caution to someone who's setting something up like this, like be ready to do that work. Yeah. And for us, it's like, where do you want to put that work? Obviously we're a roaster, but in my mind, if I was opening a store, I'm like, do I want to manage that all the time? Or would I rather focus on something like customer experience? Totally. And, excuse me, obviously you can do both. It's just energy output is ultimately limited. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a physical capacity for everything. <laughs> so if you can figure out ways to maximize the things that are most important to you, right. then you're going to be, a, a, you know, in a good place to win. I do think that one, um, one cafe that I've been to that, does this well is um, the La Marzocco Cafe at KEXP. I think they do a really good job, and we were featured there in January, is that right? Yes, maybe. Um, yeah, but just, yeah, I feel like they do a good job of really um, just making the coffee in the way that the roaster uh, kind of intends it to be made, or uh, they kind of, like, give more say to the, to the roaster that's being featured, and, like... Um, all the staff seems to be on the same page generally. Yeah. Um, on like Not to, to take anything things. away from what they do, but they have like a huge infrastructure that allows them to do that. Totally. So when we went down and they switched over roasters, like we spent a night like picking out machinery and swapping out machinery and setting that up. And then a whole other day <laughs> just doing training and education. Yeah. And I imagine that that's not the case for everybody. Most yeah, people probably. don't have like two days dedicated towards staff education and training. Right. <laughs> and it's their whole model, which it's great. It's super cool. Very true. And they also work with just a single roaster for like a whole month. Right. Right. So they, uh, yeah, they have time to dedicate to that person. The so. most interesting things that you had, written down here were the implications for smaller roasters yeah. like ourselves and what it means on the other side of the coin to be a provider for mainly multi-roaster accounts. Right. Do you want to dig into that a little bit? I thought it was like really, yeah. just really cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's like a, it can be a tricky thing from the perspective of the roaster to work with multi-roaster cafes and it really for us it it just depends on what that particular relationship is going to look like um but as a roaster we have to we have to grow our wholesale program somehow and we can either do that by adding a bunch of accounts that are going to be small but maybe they'll stick around for a little bit and um, you know, add up a bunch of small numbers to, to make our, our month and to, to make our like bills work and, you know, build the program in the way we want, or we can focus instead on developing exclusive relationships with, um, cafes that we know are going to be sticking around with, for, with us for a while. And that provides like a significant sense of security for us. And it also enables us to 
really dedicate time to those people and do everything we can to make sure that um, that they're happy and that they're really enjoying working with us and that it's a good relationship. So Yeah, because there's a huge time commitment to do either or. It's like the same amount of time, basically, to to work for like a five pound a week account as it is for a 50 pound a week account. Yeah. More or less. I mean, it takes more time to bag that coffee and box it, but in terms of like interaction. The re- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause what we've seen and what I've seen in my past, you know, past career is that no matter what, like it's kind of like the same general amount of email volume that comes in. Right. You've got the same amount of text messages and or phone calls. So if we take mm-hmm. someone like Hawthorne, who's one of our exclusive accounts in San Diego, we probably have a similar amount of communication with them as we do with someone who comes on for right. one or two months and does like five to 10 pounds. Definitely. So there's not too much of a difference in output on our end, and which I don't think a lot of, of people are aware of how that works. Yeah. And I remember at my previous job, we were pushing like growth at all costs and there was so, so many people involved in that and the, account accrual was working like the numbers were going up yeah but the energy that it required on our end was just intense and it meant you know multitude of sales managers multitudes of trainers like tons of it was like this whole like huge machine that was like (laughs) and it made me hate the idea of sales yeah not because i didn't like the product or i wasn't enthusiastic about I mean, it's a pretty cool opportunity if someone has a business and they want to serve coffee mm. and you can like help them make better coffee, help them engage more like with their customers. That's pretty rad opportunity. Yeah. But the way that the growth was structured, I couldn't spend any time with anybody. I was interacting with people that I didn't really know. And it was just mm. like really quick little snippets. And like it was very intense. Definitely. Um, which is scary to me. That is scary. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary. And it's also, you know, just going back to the concept of security, it's like we could have an inflated sense from month to month of what our program output actually is because things are coming and going and it's, it's, it's kind of, you never really know like, okay, what's your like actual, uh, what, what is our actual output as a roaster right now? I mean, we know how many pounds we put out each week, but what what does that really mean in terms of like consistency over time? And how do you like plan for growth when you're having things come on and fall off and come on and fall off like constantly? Yeah, it's almost like building a house on a really sketchy foundation. Right. Like it's there and it kind of works, but it could go at any time. Yeah. In the sense that if you were, let's say we opened our business and we wanted to get wholesale accounts. So we got wholesale accounts and we got 10 to 15, like pretty rad multi-roaster short-term wholesale accounts. So you never know how long they're gonna be around. Some people are really, they have an awesome plan and they're like, we're gonna feature you for three months. This is the length of the relationship. This is how we wanna do it. It's really cool to talk to people like that because they know exactly what they want and they just have like a vision for their business. Yeah. so let's say we grow however many thousands of pounds or mm. hundreds of pounds in X amount of time. And we look at our metrics and we're like, oh, wow, that's nice. And then next month, the whole thing keeps going up. And then next month, the whole thing keeps going up. And we're like, wow, like we got some volume going on here. Like we're pushing the limits of 
what we can do in our roaster. We're pushing the limits of what our staff can do. Like, yeah, we need to scale this thing up mm. in order to provide that service. Scale it up, add more people to the equation, add more infrastructure, more time, money, energy, or whatever. Yeah, and then theoretically, in whatever month, month six, all of those roasters could magically just go away. So true. And then you're basically left with your core exclusive accounts <laughs> and your own cafes, right? which are always going to be there. And that's like a really scary thing, but it's also a really stressful thing. Because as yeah. you said, you don't know what like the real metrics are. It's almost like artificial inflation. Right, exactly, yeah. Like you're just like padding your total poundage per week with things that are like cool for now, but you know they're going to go away sometime and you don't really have like a super solid sense of when unless like you said you've had a very specific time you know uh agreement of like yeah three months yeah um but yeah it's tricky i think you can stay on top of it as a roaster by just being like aware of those things and i mean that's something i think about all the time is yes we might be adding a multi-roaster account but that doesn't Necess- you know, I, I just have to be like conscious of what that actually means in terms of our real growth versus, you know, yeah. It's also, yeah, I mean, do you feel like it adds like a stress to the situation in the sense of that if you know one's coming on, then you know one's coming off, then you know you have to get another one. Yeah. Um, it can definitely, definitely complicate things and it can definitely make you feel like you're like you're losing an account, you know, which is not something to be taken lightly in this business. And, um, yeah, it definitely adds stress. For yeah. Sure. It's kind of <laughs> heartbreaking. Even when you know they're going to go away, right. when, like you have that little bit of a relationship for a couple of months and they fall off. You're like, Oh man, mm. crap. Okay, cool. Sweet. Uh, maybe, Cause maybe again later. I don't know. I mean, there's neat little <laughs> selfish reasons for wanting to have the multi roasters too. I mean, honestly, for, for us or for any small businesses, it's an instantaneous source of cash. Yeah. Like someone wants to give you money for product. It's like really hard to be like, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't know. It's like, how do you just turn that away? Like, sorry. <laughs> like don't want to take your money. Cause there's so many things that you could do with that money. Yeah. You can reinvest it in the business. You can use it to do cool things for your staff Send people to origin, you can send people to origin. You can take people on trips, which are all things that we do Yeah. that, you know, our wholesale program just allows us to do. Right. Which is really rad. You also get that little, rush of seeing your coffee pop up in someone else's shop yeah and as corny as it may seem and maybe it doesn't <laughs> generate to like any real like external other business at all but it's like i don't know if i open up instagram and i see our bags on the shelf somewhere i just like think that's pretty cool yeah i'm like oh that's neat You're like oh we're in this random small town in uh missouri and now we're <laughs> we're on bar there for the next three weeks and it's gonna be sick um <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely cool to see that stuff, and it it kind of makes you feel like you're you're reaching new people. And I mean, sometimes you definitely do. And I also think that there's some multi roaster account situations where it's it's really worth it. Like if it's a um, like a big like tech company that wants to like bring us in for three months or something, and they want to and they're going to expose us to a ton of new people. And it's kind of like a captive audience because they're they're at their jobs and they're uh they got to drink coffee somewhere so like twitter was like a really good example of that twitter was super cool yeah yeah really fun experience and um just like seeing all those people 
Well, you worked on bar uh, for that first day, right? Yeah. And it was cool to see people who... The nice thing about that is that these are all like Bay Area techies who love to drink coffee. Yeah. They also love to know about the cool new things, mm-hmm. none of whom were really exposed to our brand, all of whom are close enough to purchase it from a cafe. So true. Of ours, which is it's it's pretty neat. And then there's also some other like weird weird benefits you get from an experience like that, which is on the employee side, like you and Marissa came. Yeah. And we got to hang out at Twitter all day. Right. And that's just cool. Like <laughs> we got free lunch. We got free lunch. We got to see the inside of a tech company. Private we got to tour. go like across the little sky bridge and go to, you know, to nerd wallet and see, cause they share a building or yeah. sub lease a building. That was super with cool. Twitter. And that's just like, for me, that's one of those cool little perks of working at a coffee shop job, they were like, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty rad fun day. And you get a lot of energy from it. Right. Especially when you see like people like really like your coffee. Definitely that instant feedback. Yeah. That's cool. So Twitter runs equator like all the time. Right. So they're like a non multi multi. Yeah. They're like a multi with a standard. That's a common model too that, that, um, I hear a lot of people who ask us to be like a, uh, roaster for their like single origin espresso for example for a couple months but they have their uh all the time roaster like their pocket roaster that's doing their milk drink espresso and um whatever batch brew coffee or whatever it might be but yeah yeah i think whoo it's a pretty heavy topic it is i know it's like stressing me out talking about it <laughs> um to be clear we have multi-roaster right accounts and we were prepping for this and we've been kind of talking about this a lot Mm. and there are a couple things that i think that we've come that come to us as like really big takeaways after kicking this around and one of them is forget it about like the whole multi-roaster or exclusive roaster and i think the number one thing that we hope to do is to partner and do business with people who believe the same things that we do. Definitely. And I I think that a lot of people are competing in a marketplace that is, I wouldn't say it's saturated, but it's full of a lot of people claiming to be the same thing and not everybody can be that thing. Right. I.e., we have the best coffee. We source (laughs) the best green coffee from origins. Like, we roast the best coffee. Our coffee is like this. Now, there's, you know, 30, 40 people plus there's a bunch of people saying those things and they're not, they can't all be true. They're not all wrong yeah. either though. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people who have really delicious coffee. If Definitely. you are going to open a cafe and you want to get really high quality coffee, it's not that hard to do so. You can hit up a lot of people to do it. And a lot of people who have like a lot of expertise in the wholesale area, counterculture really comes to mind. Hmm. You know, they don't have their own cafes. They're wholesale only. Their coffee's delicious. They fucking crush it. You know, (laughs) Stumptown's got a cool wholesale program. I've seen it. Like they're really good at setting up the whole situation. You know, Hmm. it's almost like plug and play. That's cool. Um, We just want to spend time with people who think the same things that we do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we want to, we want to work with people who, we know that they share the same values as us and their customers are our customers in a sense, um, in like an extended sense. 
but um yeah i mean basically we want to work with people that that represent the same things that we hold to be true yeah so if you're opening a coffee shop and you like the idea of putting your guests first and making everybody happier when they leave than they were when they came in and you care about your employees and want to put some effort into growing them and training them because you think that that relationship is a two-way street and the more empowered your employees are and the more longevity you can have out of them, the better they're going to treat your customers and ultimately your business is going to thrive. If those things are important to you, we would be a really great roaster to work with. Yeah, that would be amazing. If you, if you don't believe in any of those things and not saying you should or shouldn't and you just want really great coffee, we might not be the best choice for you. Definitely. And they're, But they're probably someone who is. Um, it's just so, it's so hard to talk about, even though I'm really passionate about coffee and I love flavors and I love the complexity, it's really hard to make a sell telling someone how good your coffee is. Right. And then if you do get that sell, it's, it's really tenuous. Um, cause I think a good relationship when it's vendor to supplier is ultimately going to be based off of more than just the product. It's like a teamwork thing. It's a partnership thing. It's almost like I envision a wholesale program where it's really like a family slash partnership program. Right. And with that, it allows us as a supplier to donate time, resources, energy, and money into these accounts because there's that trust and there's that safety net Yeah. that we know that we are the best fit for them. We don't have to worry about them switching. We don't have to worry about someone else dropping off samples there and like wondering if they're going to be, you know, like, ooh, enticed by, I can do 25 cents better per pound on this. Right. Because that walking on eggshells thing is like really, really tough. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think it's healthy either way. And I think the only way that we can really do that successfully as well is if, those are the things that we just focus on. Those are the kinds of accounts that we just say, like, this is just what we want and this is just what we are going to do because, like we were talking about earlier in terms of time, time's a limited resource. It takes a lot of time, no matter, you know, to answer any email, for example. And, um, if yeah, if you're putting time into um, something that's not going to fall into line with what your what you want your program to look like, then... It's going to take away time that you could be spending nurturing those relationships with the people who share the same values as you. So, and I think how we, we talked about this pyramid thing, Oh yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, and the idea <laughs> of this pyramid is if you've seen the food pyramid, which probably most of you have, <laughs> um, have you taken third grade? Have you been to third grade? <laughs> Someone that's listening to this hasn't, and they're just like, fuck oh, you, man. dude. Sorry, dude. I didn't go to school. Hey, no offense. And right. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Forget about it. School's not for everybody, man. Where, you know, there's this like big chunk of the pyramid that's comprised of the foods that you should eat the most of. Right. So we're thinking about, you know, wholesale partnership pyramid. And in our perfect world, the bulk of that pyramid is taken up by our cafes and also exclusive wholesale accounts that we can have like amazing relationships with. Yeah. Now there are room, there's room on the pyramid for other things. Totally. So an example of something that's not an ideal wholesale account, but is like really good for us is maybe grocery. 
yeah. specifically local grocery, because there's a ton of local people in the community who want to get our coffee, but maybe they live across town from where we are now. Maybe they do all their shopping in New Leaf, and they just it's just more convenient for them to get our coffee there. And right. we think supporting the local community is awesome. So grocery is like a really cool win for that. Definitely. On the other end of that spectrum, a really small volume like restaurant account is really cool. Lupolo, downtown Santa Cruz, they're like a brew. They're, a, I mean, they're a they're a tap room, but they also do really awesome food. Amazing food. Amazing food. Pierre, <laughs> Chef yeah. Pierre. Pierre is the man. <laughs> Comes in, gets his espresso every day. He's, you know he's going to crush it. He's that crushing night. it. Yeah, he drinks espresso <laughs> and a coffee every day, so he's like our dude. Shout out. He gets it. They're starting brunch this week, and they're gonna use like a relatively low volume of coffee to start with. Set yeah. him up with a brewer, and that's like. That's rad. That's like supporting other people who believe the same stuff as you in the same community, even though it's not like on paper, like this is a game changer account. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't fit into that big, like high volume exclusive part of the pyramid. Right. I think there's also room in the pyramid for the multi roaster stuff, but you just need to know where it fits in. Totally. And you just need to be aware that there needs to be some kind of cap and or limit to it. Right. You need to know like what... What do I need to like operate our business at the level that we want to operate it on? And how many accounts in this bracket of the pyramid can we afford to have before we start creeping into that territory of insecurity and like, you know, not knowing if we can do a certain thing right. in our business? Let's say, you know, we're small. Let's say we want to get to 10,000 pounds a week. Yeah. If 8,000 pounds of that 10,000 pounds is all like, small multi roasters that just happen to keep trickling in we could lose all of that at any given time yeah and that's scary it's very scary but if eight thousand pounds of that is exclusive high volume accounts that we can spend time with have relationships with and trust that are going to be you know we're having this awesome symbiotic thing going on to where they're around right. right that's there's much more security in that Definitely. So even though we're kind of like harping on this multi-roaster thing, I think it's cool. Like, I really do. It's interesting. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's not like there's one right or wrong way to like do it. It just like depends on what you want to do with your business, you know? But this is like our kind of perspective and my perspective from having like been doing this uh, with our wholesale program. So Yeah. I'd love to know what everybody else thinks. So if anybody's got ideas on this... You should totally email us at podcast at catandcloud.com. And I think this one's going to generate a lot of like really interesting responses. But yeah. we've been looking at wholesale in a, just a completely different light than I've ever looked at it before because I've never been in this position to where it's like, okay, you're ultimately responsible for like the foundation of growth to where the, where's this place going to be in 10 years and like what's it going to be built on and right. how does this work? And then how do you want to spend your time yeah. for the day? Like, who do you want to talk to? Yeah. Like, every time Dylan hits us up, like, that's, that's like, awesome. Yeah. It's, like, the <laughs> best thing ever. You know what I mean? Like, I've never I've never experienced stuff like that with, with wholesale before. Right. And it's, our relationship is built on the idea that they, they're, like, another one of us. They, they believe in the same things. They act the same way. They treat people the same way. Definitely. Yeah. They it's just like got written up in uh, Perfect Daily Grind. Perfect Daily Grind. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And nice we're going down run. there and when? Uh, June 23rd. 
June 23rd. Is it's going to be a heck of a weekend. Do we leave on the 23rd? There's I a bell, a, a siren. I think bell. we do leave on the 23rd, yeah, and that's going to be a yeah, nice so little weekend. 24th will be there all day. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So if you are in San Diego on the 24th of this month? <laughs> yeah, it's a Saturday, 24th of June. Come buy Hawthorne Coffee. Come hang out. Normal Heights. We don't know what we're going to do there, but we're going to set up something. <laughs> Maybe we should have like a swag giveaway. That'd be super cool, yeah. What if we made some shirts? Mm, I'm not shirts. promising anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just riffing. We're just having a meeting right now. I'm we just, just happen to be ideas. recording it. This is a strategy meeting <laughs> we're having right now. Do you have anything to add to the multi roaster? Um, really, really don't have anything to add. Just, um, I just, I'm looking forward to hearing um, some other opinions on it and just. Kind of, I'd love to hear more perspectives of, especially if you're like a multi-roaster cafe and you're listening to this and you're like, what? You're like, you guys <laughs> got it all wrong. What are you guys talking about? This isn't what I'm about. Then yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I want to hear that. I'm like very curious. So. Yeah. I hope this is like an interesting and unique perspective from inside a small business that most people haven't heard. Yeah. In the sense of like just more stuff to think about. Again, we're not here to tell you what's right and what's wrong. Different things work for different people in different ways. No doubt. But this is just where our head's at. So I don't want to get into the wrong idea. Especially because we've got like really awesome multi-roaster accounts that are on with us right now. We do. That are kicking butt yeah. all over the place, you know. Shout out to Steelhead Coffee. Shout out to Red Hot Coffee. Shout out to all kinds of other people that I'm Mars. definitely forgetting. Mars. Coffee Mars. Bar. <laughs> out there. Penny's Coffee. There's some really cool things. And... Uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing. We definitely appreciate you. We love you. We love you. All right. I think that's, man, that was the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast Employee Edition. Whoa. Alex Mars Edition. Switching it up. Yeah. How'd that feel on the mic? Right oh, there? It feels pretty good. You know, I, I, I got used to it after a, after a few seconds. Um, it's a very, it's got a very puffy, uh, yeah, like a very puffy, um, you know, cover on the outside. So it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> probably can't even hear me breathe I don't know. so this is wednesday this is probably coming out on friday and again we got a bunch of people lined up to do a bunch of stuff so looking forward to hearing from from all of our employees in different formats if you want to know about anything let us know there's weird t-shirts on the website if you want to get your endless bummer shirt you can definitely do that in black <laughs> or tahiti blue which is blue. super hot color. Beautiful. Beautiful color. Anyway, I'm going to cut loose. We're going to go make some coffee. And this has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. You've been listening to Alex and Chris talk about all your hopes and dreams. <laughs> and we'll see you guys soon. Hey, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.